Podcast Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. More than ever before, I to influence the other players on the team because people are more apprehensive about being leaders than they've ever been before because they're worried about what everybody thinks. The greatest example is, is you ask one of your players, you got to get up in front of a thousand people and give a speech. You're going to be nervous and anxious? He's going to say, hell yeah. Why is that? Because you're afraid of what everybody out there thinks of you. Well, if there was a player in Las Vegas who was drinking at 3 o'clock in the morning with his buddies and his girlfriend, and somebody would have taken his keys away. Probably would have pissed them off. Probably would have made them bad. Probably wouldn't have thought very much of you for doing that. But would he be better off now, or is he better off where he was, going 156 miles an hour, running the ass into somebody and killing him? And he's in jail, and he doesn't have a career anymore. And he's a good kid, and he never had one problem on our team in Alabama. So what kind of friend were you? What kind of leader were you when you allowed the guy to do it? Pretty emotional moment there from Saban. Now, that was at a was that a coaching clinic? Looked like he was at a coaching clinic. Um, that has, I mean, no kind of impact on anything we've talked about today. I just thought it was really interesting that he publicly used that as an example for leadership. Yeah, that's that's kind of that's oh man, man, and that's right, and that's right. Uh, and there is a bit of a, I don't know, what do you say, a stigma there, as as a teammate or a, um, a, a, as a player, a leader, or whatever. I don't know, and his point is is right and that is a very uh, a dramatic part of it but I mean it is true that's what being a leader is about right and you've kind of heard Venable say the same thing is it you know we're always going to do what's in the best interest of the player even when they don't agree with it right so it's kind of the same thing there as a leader do what's in the best interest of your of your team and your teammate, you know, it doesn't have to be sports driven, just, you know, as a leader and looking out for one of the individuals on your team and their best interest, you know, may get a lot of pushback for, for saying something like that or calling that out, but ultimately probably be very thankful in the long run. So that's, Pretty, yeah, it was really good. Pretty good. Yeah, really good there by by Saban. That was um, a lot of emotion there as well. Uh, by the way, DTR is back at UCLA this year, so they'll, really they'll be uh, they'll be okay at quarterback for the seventh straight year. It feels like, and that's why this whole COVID year it's it's thrown me off. And I don't know when I'll ever really recover as to when guys have their are actually going to be at school for their last year. This whole extra COVID year has thrown me off forever. I feel like he was a red shirt freshman whenever we played him in 2019. 2018, they were in Norman, and I think he played that day. How about that? Yep. Kyler Murray. He played in 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, 
and he's going to play in 2022. Wow. Not hating at all, man. Uh, use yeah. every single opportunity you have to play college football. A fifth-year starter. Now, I don't think he started every game in 18, but I think he ended up – like by the end of the season, wasn't he maybe taken over, yeah, I think? Yeah. so. Wow. Interesting that we got to win totals via DraftKings earlier. Um, OU's was at 10, the fourth highest win total out of anyone in the country. And I think 10, if we talk about baseline expectations for next year, I think 10 is pretty kind of spot on to what our baseline expectations for this team are. 10-2 and two with a conference championship and you win a New Year's Six Bowl game, yeah, I think a lot of people look at that as a successful year and a chance to really vault yourself into 2023 as a legitimate national title contender. But anything under 10 wins is going to be looked at as probably a little bit of a disappointment. My question is, if they, do, if they don't win 10 games, if they're 8-4, 9-3, and four, nine and three, it feels to me, at least right now, that Brent Venables would get a quote-unquote excuse year. Muleshoe might get blamed more for a nine and three, eight and four season next year than Britt Venables would. Am I correct in that, or am I reading that situation the wrong way? Uh, that, I feel like his I feel like his honeymoon period would extend uh, through next season if that were to happen. I don't think that that's going to happen. Just to make that point, but I think it depends on on how the losses happen. Right, um, I don't. I don't know. I do think that there's probably enough uh, leftover anger and angst at how that whole situation unfolded to where, yeah, maybe some of the blame would get thrown that way. But I don't know, honestly. With our schedule, like someone on our schedule or multiple teams on our schedule would have to emerge as really good teams for there to be any room for yeah I agree for many excuses and it depends on what like what type of year are you talking about like, uh 9 and 3 9 and 3 season I I don't know I don't know who would it I don't know <laughs> I, I honestly don't. I don't think. I just feel like everyone's so anti Muleshoe right now yeah. and so pro Brent Venables that that's like, well, it wouldn't. Brent walked into a really tough situation in year one. All right, it's that Muleshoe guy that yeah. left him with a really tough job. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's. I think that's okay as long as. Like I said, if if some teams emerge on your schedule that are way better than we expected, and that's who you lose to, fine. But if you lose to a bad West Virginia team, Okie State at home, uh, you know that stuff. I don't, I don't think you'll get much leeway if you lose to bad teams. But if you lose yeah. to good teams, I think. You will. Zane and Tulsa, the expectations for Venables at Oklahoma with the fans is greater than the expectations for Muleshoe and USC fans. However, that doesn't mean the leash is shorter because our love for Venables is greater than their love for Muleshoe or whatever we're calling him today. Yeah. Yeah. I continue to believe, and until I see differently, 
I, I believe that what Venables is going to do as far as culturally for the program is going to make all of the difference in the world. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not going to be – well, I shouldn't say it's not. I think we have a chance to have a pretty flashy offense, okay? But it's, we are not going to be a one-trick pony. We're going to be a team that is built on physicality on both sides of the ball built on toughness on both sides of the ball, built on details on both sides of the ball. I I think those things are core of importance for Brent Venables. And there's a lot of people that say that, right? Everyone says that whenever you talk about building a team. But is that how you structure your workouts? Is that how you structure your practices? Is it really – what you're building towards, or are those just a checklist whenever you're, you're saying what you want to be? Yeah, keep the text coming on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, 651-3439. You'll love this. Uh, Porter Moser was asked about a new arena today, uh, media yeah. availability, and he was like, yeah, I definitely think it's time for a new arena. Then he listed off um, some different reasons why, and he basically said that he's had those conversations with Josie, mm-hmm. and he's been very aggressive with those conversations uh, with Josie in the past. So, right. again, I, that's not – I, I don't think that that's a secret, and I don't think that that's in any way surprising. And in fact, I I love that he's so out in front and trying to lead lead the charge for the new arena. But yeah, today he was yeah we we need one. It's like what fifty years old. Some places have had two arenas during that time span. We we need to get it done. Yeah, it's it's old, and I mean just because it's old doesn't necessarily mean you need to redo it. There's a lot of places that are really old, right? But the layout doesn't necessarily fit, I think, what what people would like. Um, The location doesn't necessarily fit what people would like. And frankly, I think that that – and I don't know exactly what they would do with it, but I think that's some really, really good real estate that, you know, you could do – uh, any number of, of things with, and I don't know what they would do with with Lloyd Noble afterwards if they did build build a new arena, but um, it still can serve a really good purpose. It doesn't have to be you don't they're not going to bulldoze it and build something else right there. So it's basically it turns into a, a nice addition for you. Porter Moser is a uh, pretty good figurehead to be the kind of the the face of <laughs> the face of things to try to get the new arena built just because how he's so aggressive with things. Right. And I I'm I'm sure that if there was a real push for a new arena, it would have happened with Lon Kruger as well, but Porter's going to be as out front and outspoken and as as aggressive as probably a head coach can be about it. What do you think uh if Lon Kruger was asked the question about uh, a new arena, what he would have said. Yeah, proud of the arena, proud of the arena. <laughs> LNC's been the great destination here for several years, but uh, uh, time for a new arena. Uh, University <laughs> North Park, uh, maybe have a Hooters over there uh, around the arena. That'd be pretty cool. Love the chicken wing there at Hooters, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I think that's what he'd say. Oh my gosh, that's great. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, uh, I for one hope. They do it. Hope they do it immediately. I wish we could snap our fingers and it was done. It's going to be a long, drawn-out process, methinks. But um, it does seem to to feel like the tide has massively turned 
in that direction. So good stuff. And honestly, we did 75% of the work yesterday on the show. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what else you need to do other than hire workers and raise the money. Mm-hmm. We are naming it Bob Stoops Arena, and it is in the shape of a visor. So the visor. We did our part. Um, rest of you need to go ahead and step up. Yep. So let's go. That's right. Which, by the way, OU men's hoops. Can we make the tournament? Oh, yeah, they can make the tournament. What are you talking about? Well, you told me that the Texas game was a must win. Yeah. <laughs> so now you're telling me that they lost that game, haven't yeah. even played another one yet, and you're telling me they can still make the tournament? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, yes, they can still make the tournament. <laughs> can they still make the tournament? Yeah, Joe Lenardi says they can. So that game wasn't a must win. You know, in hindsight, Teddy, <laughs> thought it at the time. And it indeed could be the game that decides if they don't, but it looks like they're still going to try and finish out the season. Which he he hasn't done an updated bracketology yet, right? From since no, they've lost I, that the, game. The, the last one was two days ago, and he still and ha- that that one still is OU with uh, eleven seed, last four buys, yeah. right? Yeah, playing against uh, mm-hmm. Arkansas in. Buffalo. I'm going to start asking you that every single day now, if they can make the tournament. <laughs> well, I just really wanted to prove a point, like I tried to prove uh, to you the day okay. of, that it wasn't a must-win game. Hmm. Maybe now, we'll get to must-win territory at some point. Now, the, what do they got? Is Iowa State this weekend? Yeah, at Iowa State. Must-win game. Well, really? Yes. Wow. you trying yep. to one-up me? That's what this is all about, now, trying there, to one-up my must-win. I see how it is. There is a caveat in there. It's not a must-win game if they can like make some massive run in the conference tourney. <laughs> all right. Well, since you're so smart here, <laughs> you're Mr. Bracketology, Teddy yep. Bracketology over here. Uh, let's go win loss. Teddy Brackets is what they call Ooh, I me. actually like that name. That's pretty cool. Teddy Brackets win loss here for the rest of the way. Fourteen and twelve Sooners at Iowa State on Saturday. God, ESPN Plus game that sucks. One o'clock in Ames. Uh, win. Okay. Uh, Tuesday. At <laughs> Why are you scoffing at that? I didn't even like think about it. It's just like a throwaway statement. Oh yeah, they'll, they'll win that game. Well, come on, ISU. It's not like that's. It's not some great Iowa State team. They're 4-9 and nine in conference, just like the Sooners. All right, they're going to win at Iowa State. Yep. Uh, what about at Tech on Tuesday night? Win. Okay. What? That, what? Yeah. God. I heard Toby Rowland say, either this morning or yesterday, that they're, they're just a bad matchup for Texas Tech, so... They're going to win that game. He's been in a really good mood this week, hasn't great. he? Great, yeah. In a great mood. Uh, OSU at home. Saturday, 11 a.m., February 26th. Easy win, 69-64. Nice. Uh, West by God, Virginia at home to close up the home slate Tuesday at 6 o'clock. W. Yeah, they'll win that one in front of uh, 2,800 fans at Kansas State to close out the year in Manhattan. It will be our first win at KSU since I don't know forever, and How about we're going to get it done. Good news. Why is everyone panicking? OU's going to end up 19-12 and 12 on the season. And according to Teddy, probably even going to win the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City. Yep. And the, the Texas loss Tuesday night is the last time OU will have lost this year. Yeah. We haven't beat K-State or um, Iowa State on the road in like a decade, but we're going to do it this year, back-to-back yeah. games. 
Uh, a lot of people like the Lon Kruger impression. Thank you. We have <laughs> I have not done that in a while. I don't know why. We'll make it more of a regular thing. Yeah, it was pretty good. I love the uh, the Hooters you threw in there. Not yeah, bad. I never really know where I'm going to go, and I don't That's know. What, I tried to give you a little bit of lead up time to get your mind right as uh, yeah. as I was going to throw it to coach, but good stuff. Love it. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep the text line flow one six five one. 3439, hour number two rolls on next. This hour of The Rush is brought to you by Cavens Construction. Remodeling, roofing, water restoration, and facility maintenance. Call Cavens at 405 Office building. You think Gary Cavens is out in the weather today doing some construction work somewhere? Yes. No, he's got a lot of job, jobs going on. I don't think Always. he's scared of uh, the weather. Gary's the man. Oklahoma City, more Norman. Give them a call, 405-573-3048. Tulsa, you can call them, 918-282-7612. <laughs> Air Comfort Solutions text line, you need to take off crimson color glasses. We lose at Iowa State and Taco Tech. Yeah, Teddy. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. What are you going to say whenever we go up and uh... – Beat ISU handily and then go down to Taco Tech and hang 69 on them. Mm. Huh? I don't know. I have Who's a, the loser now? I have a feeling that Tech might uh, take it easy on OU on Tuesday night, seeing as um, <laughs> an uh, OU fan threw that jab at Chris Beard after he was walking off yeah, the court. What was the deal with that? Basically, some kid yelled, Chris Beard's a traitor! And then from what I understand, Chris Beard walked over to that kid who was down on the floor and said, does it, does it make you feel better talking about someone that you don't even know? Like paraphrasing there, but that's basically what he said. Like you can tell that he it still really bothers him that he's called a traitor for leaving Tech to go to Texas. Which, sorry, dude, that kind of comes with the territory. Yeah, what do you care? What has what he all been out of shape for? If if you pay me five six million, how much does he make? Five? Uh, no, in Texas, he probably makes twelve million dollars a year as the basketball coach there. You know right. how they'd like to overpay. Right. If I made five million dollars a year to coach basketball, and pretty much the worst thing that happens to me is whenever I'm walking out of an arena, someone says, "Hey, trailer." That uh, give me that. I'll I can I can handle that. He didn't handle it well. He went up to the kid and basically tried to shame him. You know what that tells me? It tells me that he is a traitor, right? And he thinks he's a traitor, and he's worried about being portrayed as a traitor. And he lays in bed at night thinking about it. Did I betray everyone's trust? Am I a traitor? And it's and it digs at him. So when some nobody at a away basketball game doesn't know him, doesn't even care, is not going to spend seven seconds of his life worrying about whether or not Chris Beard is a traitor, he's just going to throw it out there because that's what you do at basketball games. You'd razz the other team. That gets under his skin enough that he's going to stop what he's doing, go over there, and probably had things built up in his head, what he was going to say, but by the time he got over there, he got a hold of himself and just said, does that make you feel better? Like, that tells me that he's mad. He's upset. He feels like he is a traitor. It's eating him up. Well, it is a pretty uh, traitor move to hammer the deal out at a Comfort Inn in Plainview, Texas. 
<laughs> Remember me telling you about that? Right. I think Chris Del Conte like kept the re- McDonald's receipts that he had that morning when he got the deal done right. inside the room at the Comfort Inn in Plainview, Texas. That's right. Didn't Chris Beard order something weird? I don't remember what he. Someone ordered something weird. Maybe it's Chris Del Conte because he like tweeted out the receipts. Yeah. Of the McDonald's, and we we're like, really? That's what you get? Oh, okay. Someone I had went, something. Went the there. I think Del Conte or someone had like an iced tea at like eight a.m. That, that's that, like, yeah. eh, I don't know. I don't know. If that's that's the right time to be drinking iced tea. It's weird. Uh, <laughs> everyone's making fun of Brittany Matthews again. Yeah. Did you please tell me you saw that for last? It looks like the couple was having a little bit of an argument sitting courtside at the Tech Baylor game last night. Yeah. And everyone's saying, "Run, Pat! Run! You don't deserve this." Man, the picture of them in high school is the best. Have you seen? Oh that? yeah, where she's like, she looks like clingy girl smiling all big, and he looks miserable. He's, he's sitting- kept he's kept that face for about the past ten years yeah. now. He's sitting down. And she's, like, standing behind him, like, screaming, making a face at the camera and, like, holding his face and, like, messing up his hair. It's just – it looks like someone, like, put the caption that he's been a yeah. prisoner of war for, like, however long. One of the down- – <laughs> well, one of the many downsides of social media is that there becomes a time where everyone roots for a relationship to fail – I don't know if everyone's doing that right now with uh, Kim and Pete Davidson or not, but yeah. people almost try to will a relationship to work or fail. It seems like, whether you think that she's annoying or not, and she is, the internet is trying to will Patrick Mahomes to leave his baby mama, yeah. which that's not exactly like the, the greatest look on society right now. Here's the thing. I, I hope Patrick Mahomes is... The happiest man alive. I just wish that she would just tone it down. Oh my gosh, I know, man. A couple of notches. Mm. That's it. Just tone it down a couple of notches. I think it's going to take more than a couple notches, though, for her. Just saying. It's really, it's the combination of her and his brother that is like the ultimate, I don't know, distraction, I guess. Maybe he's not distracted by it. Who knows? Guy makes forty five million. He a sure year. seems to have the most miserable face on, though, when he's kind of uh, around those two. And even last night, he's just like, oh, "You really got to deal with this, man." <laughs> I'm just sitting. I'm just trying to watch a basketball game at my alma mater. It's a big basketball. Can I not just go to the game in Lubbock and have a good time and sit courtside? Do I always have to deal with something? Always. Where's he from? He's not from Lubbock. He's, he's from uh, White House. I think it's White House, Texas. I don't know where that is. White House? I think it's like somewhere. White Horse. No, it's uh, he's from somewhere like somewhere in Texas. Yeah, somewhere in Texas. I think it's out west. Okay. Maybe not. Maybe not. I, I don't. I don't know. Uh, just weird that he happens to be in was it Lubbock, Texas? Huh. Why, why is it? Why is it weird? What do you mean? <laughs> he well, he loves he lo- he goes back to a lot of tech games. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Does he live there in the off season or something? Um, no, but when you make $45 million a year, Teddy, you can probably get the PJ and fly to Lubbock whenever you want to go to a basketball game. Yeah. I got to tell you, if I 
made forty five million a year and I could get the PJ to go anywhere. Would He'd be probably be going Texas? to Vegas. Okay, <laughs> not. I'll watch the game from Las yeah. Vegas. Yeah. Hey, um, noticed something today. Well, been noticing something, by the way. Uh, your boy Jeff Lebby. Yeah. He kind of has a type when it comes to wide receivers. Okay. And I don't know if you've discussed this with him or not, but his newest offer is out. Four-star wide receiver out of the state of Arizona, Kyler Casper. Yeah. He's 6'5", 195. Ah, you're telling me he likes him big. He likes his wide receivers of the uh, tall variety. Why not? All right? Let's get some height out there to throw some one-on-one balls. Let's go. I, I don't know if you've discussed that with him recently or not, but judging by the offers, like – what Tyler Williams, a four-star wide receiver out of Florida, six foot five. That's another recent offer they've had. Um, Cole Adams, the the kid out of Owasso, is really going to kind of be the exception. He's not six three, six four, six five. But it seems like everyone else, there's almost a height limit to to being offered yeah. to OU right now. Well, I I think in in a perfect world, you you definitely like height, but you know I think there's also something to be said. Like height doesn't work. Everywhere, you know, typically the further away from the football, you know, where guys tend to have inside positioning on you, you'd like to have some height to be able to go over the top. Um, The closer you get to the middle of the field, you know, it's not that you go small, but quickness becomes a factor sitting down in in zones maybe hiding a little bit more is is okay so you can get away with. A, a bigger range of body types at the slot positions. So yeah, but I, hey, I'm all for it. We've had we've had a ton of success at OU with wide receivers of the smaller variety. Yeah, we haven't had a whole lot of success of wide receivers of the tall variety. I mean, C.D. Lamb's about the tallest guy I can think of. Eh, maybe Kenny Stills. Yeah, how big was Stills? They about the same, maybe. S- Six two, maybe four stills. Yeah. So those guys, those two guys, are about the biggest. They, that I and remember. they have recruited tall wide receivers in mm-hmm. the past. I mean, what Jordan Smallwood was a pretty big guy. Jeffrey Mims was a tall guy. Quentin Cheney out of Tulsa. That's that's been a while. But, but yeah, they, they've they've had much more success with smaller guys. But the small guys they've had success with have been deep ball guys. Yeah. You know, they can kind of do both. Broyles was an excellent deep ball guy because he was such a burner. Shep could make one-on-one catches. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Mark Clayton, of course. I mean, they've had you, the tallest guy I can think of. How tall? How tall was Brandon Jones? He was. He was definitely a deep ball guy. Six one, six two. Really, that's it. Yeah, hmm. I think he's about the same size as like Kenny Stills okay. and CD. CD may be a little bit taller, or maybe he's just his lean build makes him look taller, but. Um, I don't know. It, it's it's interesting, and we've had some guys that have that Malcolm have done Kelly, some stuff. bigger wide receiver. Yeah. yeah, he ended up being pretty good. Good point, text line. How big is Malcolm Kelly? I don't have. He the was big, but he's not, he wasn't six five guy. Yeah, yeah, like uh, maybe six. So you had a six four, six five wide receiver that's just thrown up huge numbers. No. I don't. Mead is had. the only guy that I can think of that was that tall. Yeah, which he was he six five, six four, six five. I think he was six five. Other than that, I can't think of anyone that ever had much real time out there. Now, we've had big, tall, tight ends, obviously, a long history of that. But at wide receiver, not as much. Maybe Levy wants OU to be uh, deep ball U moving forward with those big bodies. 
Hey, it would be nice well, to take the uh, take the Texas game plan from the OA or the 2018 OU Texas game where they're just throwing jump balls up and hitting on a 40 yeah. yard ball. Everyone else in the conference has had big wide receivers. Uh, yeah, I mean we've seen them all. Uh, who was the big guy at Iowa State that's now at Al- Green Bay? Uh, Alan Lazard. Lazard. Justin Blackman at Oklahoma State. Blackman. Um, oh, the Seals guy at West Virginia. Remember him? He was a, he was a big kid. Yeah, he was pretty big. Uh, Texas has had a couple of them. Texas Tech, had two at the same time. Tech has had a couple of them. Baylor had Mims. He was a tall receiver. Yep. We've seen them all. Um Pretty, it's actually been a, a pretty impressive run of wideouts in the in the conference. So, all right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hit a couple of things that caught my eye. Next, stay tuned. This hour of the rush is brought to you by Cavens Construction, remodeling, roofing, water restoration, and facility maintenance. Call Cavens at 405-473-3048 or in Tulsa nine one eight two eight two seven six one two or visit CavensConstruction.com. First of all, just a quick shout-out to uh, our buddies over at RoofTech. Josh Tucker, former teammate of mine, can handle any of your roofing needs, whether it's just some quick repairs or you need a total roof replacement. RoofTech can handle anything that you've got. Um, USFL, Tyler, I know you want more football no matter where it's from. Uh, Junior College, Division Three. Uh, USFL, they've unveiled their uniforms. Have you seen this? Yeah, I saw a few of them. Um, nothing really blew me away, but I'm not a huge uniform guy. You know that. I'm, I'm way more like a traditional look, so probably nothing was going to jump out at me, but not, none of them are terrible, I guess. You Good got, luck to them. Um, you got the Philadelphia Stars, which, uh, you know, they're all pretty traditional basic uniforms, uh, but you got a team in Philly, New Orleans, uh, Michigan, which I'm guessing that's Detroit. I don't know. Um, the New Jersey Generals, Houston Gamblers, Tampa Bay Bandits, Pittsburgh Maulers, and the Birmingham Stallions. So they've got their uniforms out. Again, I think that starts April 16th. Um, all of the games are going to be down there in Birmingham uh, Skip Holtz is, is one of the coaches. You got Todd Haley's one of the coaches. Pretty good group of coaches there. And, you know, I'm also interested to see what happens with the XFL. The XFL is not dead. Uh, the Rock obviously bought it, and they're looking to make a comeback. And maybe Coach Stoops going to have something to do with that. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that today, what his future is in football, like if he's going to get back in the game. And, yeah, I would think that – a league like that is tailor-made for him. Taylor, yeah. tailor-made. It, it works out great for him. It works out great for the XFL because he's a huge name. It's like it's almost like it's meant to be. I think that one of the issues could possibly be that the XFL is not on Fox. Oh, and, yeah. Okay. But uh, who knows? Maybe they are able to, to work some of that stuff out. Um Oh, gosh, what was my other story that I had here? I've lost it, and somehow I forgot what it is. Do you have anything? Well, I've got several stories okay. today for you, and I feel like you're going to love all of them. First one, um, Starbucks is raising prices after reporting a 31% increase in profits. 
The company's revenue increased by almost 20% to over $8 billion. Their CEO's pay increased by almost 40% last year to more than uh, $20 million. Yet they are still uh, raising prices, even with all the uh, increase. You know what? Typically, I would say... uh, Bad business. Okay, there's got to be some type of point here where you can you make your product um, where everyone can enjoy or you know have uh, accessibility. But here's the thing: I hope they double their prices. <laughs> I hope they triple their prices. Line will be just as long. Bet if, on that. If if people are dumb enough to wait in a 30-car line out into the middle of a road for a cup of coffee, and they're willing to pay $8, $10, 12 $14 for that cup of coffee, I say keep I, raising uh, it. Yeah, I, I knew that'd get you fired up. They do have not really good breakfast sandwiches in there, though, I will say. As someone that's a non-coffee guy, yeah. I can dig the breakfast sandwiches in there. I call it, well, maybe I should tone this back because there's a lot of people out there that really like Starbucks, but... Um, it's a tax on a certain type of person, okay? Would you rather have a cigarette or a coffee addiction? Which one would be cheaper in the long run? Coffee. <laughs> coffee would be I'd cheaper? Ha- I'd rather have a coffee addiction mm-hmm. than cigarettes. Um, Which, let me just say this. The worst intersection I've, I've been through at around 8 a.m. is like Tecumseh and 77 Flood. You know where that on cue is? Yeah, actually, I do. Terrible. And I have to go through it to take my... I drive through it every day. Yeah. Every day. Uh, They're putting a Starbucks right there. Really? You always lose, uh, like, cell phone reception right in that area. Like, right in that little area for some reason. Well, there's a Starbucks going in there, and it's a drive-thru only, which means, yes, uh, moms are going to be all the way out into the road waiting on that Starbucks, so it's going to make that place even worse. A dad in France is facing jail time after cutting an entire town's internet just so his kids would get off social media. (laughs) He was so frustrated about his kids being on social media, he basically disconnected the town's internet access with a scrambler, which is illegal under French law. So the unnamed papa is facing up to six months in prison and a hefty fine about $34,000 worth. I'm... I say they put a statue of him in the town square. Uh, he's a hero, in my opinion. Good move, Dad. There, you probably could have just taken your kids' devices. Would have been a little bit better way of approaching yeah, it. Yeah, sometimes you get frustrated, though. <laughs> right. I don't know what you got your wife for Valentine's Day, but I, I tried to come up with a, as sweet of a, and thoughtful of a gift as I possibly could have. But now after seeing what Oscar De La Hoya bought his significant Woo! other... Well, my gift kind of looks like crap now, doesn't it? He bought his girlfriend a Ferrari FC90, SF90. Those cars start at $625,000. Her ride, however, is worth $1 million. Oscar De La Hoya bought his significant other a $1 million car for Valentine's Day. Boy, Oscar, what are you going to do next year to top the car that you bought her this year? Tough situation. Yeah, Holly Saunders now... Here's the thing. Um, I can't I can't hammer the guy and congratulations to Holly for getting a Ferrari, but this is 
This is such a waste of a car. Like, that is an amazing car. And Better be. Uh, it's just... That's a that's a damn race car, man. That thing is made to be raced and someone to drive the hell out of it. And it's probably going to be stuck in a Starbucks drive up. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's going to it's going to have latte stains on the uh, passenger side in yeah. two weeks. I feel bad for that car. I'm going to go rescue that car someday. Uh, yeah, that's 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 pretty good. Uh, I had one more here. Uh, my last one. Oh, Yellowstone actor. He plays Lloyd in it. The guy that's like, hell, Jimmy, you ain't even close to being a cowboy yet. <laughs> There's an award ceremony that is taking place. Uh, however, you have to be vaccinated to be at this award ceremony. And the character that plays Lloyd is not vaccinated. And he's saying like, hey, no offense. No offense at all. Um, I'm not trying to be in a particular way, but I won't be attending the award ceremony because they require vaccination and I'm not vaccinated. So I'm just, I'm not going. Well, uh, kudos to him for, um, sticking to whatever it is that he wants to do. I will just say, uh, good luck finding another job in acting. Hopefully Yellowstone goes on forever because... Yellowstone does have a new season coming out. That was announced recently, thank God. I'm I'm looking at this guy. This might be... You know who Sam Elliott plays in all of the all of his like looks like his little roles? brother, doesn't it? I, I think this is like the actual Sam Elliott. Like he looks like a real cowboy. No, I think I think he is a real cowboy. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I think, I think this is who Sam Elliott's always been trying to portray. Pretty funny, but yeah, that's Lloyd. Um, Lloyd, I hope you enjoyed working Yellowstone. You'll never get another acting job. <laughs> Uh, ever. All right, quick time out. More from The Rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two. Teddy and Tyler telling it like it is. Whether it's what you want to hear or not, every day from 2 to 6 on the home of Sooner fans. At Landers Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Norman, we know how important a good start can be. And you feel good when you're prepared for the road ahead. Start every day the right way in a new Chrysler. And podiatry surgery in the state with six orthopedic surgeons and one podiatrist, along with on-site PT in one of the largest open MRIs in the state, they are able to diagnose, treat, and help with recovery for a wide range of injuries. With offices located across the state, they are never too far away. Give them a call at 405 364 or visit them on the web at orthonorman.com for appointments or more information. Cavens Construction, bringing you hour number two of the rush. Tulsa, give them a call today with your remodeling, roofing, water restoration, and facility maintenance needs. 918-282-7612. Oklahoma City, more Norman, 405-573-3048. Yeah, uh, Air Cover Solutions text line confirming that he is an actual cowboy, Forey Smith, and he is a longtime stuntman. So I'm sure that he'll still have some work. He's got to be Sam Elliott's stuntman. Has to be. With that handlebar mustache, pretty good stuff. Yeah, well, he gets beat up pretty bad in an episode of Yellowstone. But Lloyd, Lloyd gets back. So he ain't that tough. Spoiler alert for uh, some of you out there. I apologize for that one. Are you up to date on Yellowstone? Uh, dude, I'm like all caught up. I, we have nothing to watch now. It's like there's just such a rush to binge and watch so many episodes. And then you get to the end. It's like, well, now what? What's supposed to watch now? Old Henry. 
Yeah, I actually tried to watch that last night, but I couldn't remember the platform it was on, so I, I gave up after about five minutes. I don't know what it's on. I watched it, I believe, on Apple TV, but I don't know who knows anymore. I swear, I hate that crap. I just want to be able to pick something up and watch what I want. Is that so difficult? Yeah, it is, actually. It's very difficult. God. Something that was supposed to make life easier has made everything way more difficult. Hey, um, where are all the haters at today, by the way? No one has sounded off with their thoughts on saying anything negative about OU. Hmm. Did we fend all of them off? Like, where, where, what happened? Where did they go? Give it time. Everyone's taking a quick uh, hiatus, God, I guess. You're, you're still on the offensive on social media about 15 minutes ago. You're blasting the guy that made the OU Maryland comparison, which is fair. It is fair, and we all agree with it, but dang, you're getting after it these days. Well, come on. Someone's got Twitter fingers over there. Dude. Ted Twitter fingers. You cannot be at any level of college football, I don't journalist, um, I, I, any of the different positions you can have in covering college football, you can't do that and compare the program at Oklahoma with the program at Maryland or West Virginia or Texas Christian University. You just can't do that. Well, it's, it's just disqualifying. It's, it's exposed the national media that they actually don't know that much about college football. They're supposed to, and that's kind of like a requirement of their job, I would imagine, but right. they, they, they really don't. I, okay, so here's the thing. These guys on the Par 3 podcast, all right, there's what? There's three guys on there. They're college football insiders, all right? And they're going to opine on Oklahoma's program. Did they ever think about maybe having someone on that has firsthand knowledge of the nope, program? Nope. No. All right, final hour coming up next. Stay tuned. Hey, Sooner fans, we've got you covered 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 